0: You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.
1: Tonight on the readout.
0: This could have happened to thousands of little communities just like ours. We are not. Gonna- community. We are a community that a disaster happened to that we didn't know how to respond to it we just
1: didn't People who live near the toxic train derailment in East Palestine Ohio are demanding answers about the potential health risks as the Biden administration vows to hold the railroad accountable. Senator Sherrod Brown who met with the families today will join me. And as those lawmakers were actually trying to help people, Kevin McCarthy was engaging in political theater at the southern border, while Ron DeSantis is seeking a rewrite of the Constitution. And Leslie Jones is here tonight. We will get her take on Florida's war on black history, the UFOs, and much, much more. We begin tonight with the latest rebuke in the ongoing saga of a twice-impeached former president who continues to push the unfounded claims that the 2020 election was stolen. Newly unsealed portions of the Georgia special grand jury's final report looking at potential election meddling by Donald Trump and his allies detail what literally every court body has already determined. The report states, quote, we find by a unanimous vote that no widespread fraud took place in the Georgia 2020 presidential election. That absolutely shocking conclusion came following nearly seven months of grand jury testimony from 75 different witnesses, including poll workers, investigators, Georgia officials, and, as they point out, people who still claim such fraud took place. According to the report, the grand jury also believes that at least some of those witnesses may have lied under oath. The report states a majority of the grand jury believes that perjury may have been committed by one or more witnesses testifying before it and recommends that the district attorney seek appropriate indictments for such crimes where the evidence is compelling. This will all fall to Fulton County District Attorney Bonnie Willis as she decides on what, if any, charges should be brought from her investigation and against whom, up to and perhaps even including Donald Trump, a decision she has said is imminent. Not surprisingly, Trump is pulling a bill bar, trying to spin today's partial release as total exoneration, His campaign released this statement, quote, the long-awaited important sections of the Georgia report, which do not even mention President Trump's name, have nothing to do with the president, because President Trump did absolutely nothing wrong, unquote. His lawyers have also claimed that Trump never receiving a subpoena is further proof that he's in the clear. Now, we should point out that the substantive portions of the grand jury report are still sealed. And typically, when someone is not asked to come in, It could very well be because that person might be a target, not a witness. Joining me now is Charles Coleman Jr., civil rights attorney, former prosecutor and legal analyst, and Tia Mitchell, Washington correspondent for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And Tia, I am going to start with you. I just want to go back to sort of refresh people's memory on who was on the infamous call in which Donald Trump incriminates himself and says, I just need to find 11,000 X number of votes. And so it's Mark Meadows, his chief of staff. His lawyer, Cleta Mitchell, uh, another lawyer advising him named Kurt Hilbert, Brad Raffensperger, very important, the Georgia Secretary of State, who did testify in this uh, to the grand jury. Ryan Germany, a general counsel for the Secretary of State's office, and the deputy Secretary of State, a guy named Jordan Fuchs. Um, when you think about that list of people uh, and those who actually did sit for interviews— and you hear people might have lied. I want to put that list up of people who testified who were more Trump's people. I mean, there's Raffensperger, obviously. You have Brian Kemp. You can't imagine him wanting to do that. You've got Newt Gingrich. You've got Lindsey Graham. You've got Rudy Giuliani. You've got Mark Meadows. Um, Is there any reporting on anyone feeling nervous about their testimony having heard that the grand jury believes someone
2: lied? Well, I think the most one of the most interesting things today is you're not hearing a lot from many people at all. Quite frankly, former President Trump is one of the few people to publicly react to the portions of the report being released today. A lot of the people you just mentioned really haven't said much today. We're hoping they'll say more in the future. But I think for them, they're taking kind of what you would normally hear from people when there's a pending uh, investigative matter or a pending Law enforcement matter, and they'll say, you know, I'm gonna just stay quiet while things are pending. Um, of course, that's not what President, former President Trump did, but that's what we're. Most of the people are just saying we're gonna let this play out. Of course, most people are also saying they did nothing wrong. They were forthcoming. They did what they uh, what the court compelled them to do. What the special grand jury compelled them to do. As we know, some of the people on that list you pointed out did kind of um, at first. They were hesitant to comply with the subpoena. There were some court hearings, preliminary court hearings to frame some of that questioning some of those former elected officials face, for example. But ultimately, they were compelled to testify and they all said they did so. Um, to the extent that they were required to.
1: Who, um, Charles, Lindsey Graham is one of those people who fought it, um, tried to go to court to stop his testimony, ultimately testified. He did a sort of walk and talk, and uh, reporters asked him about uh, his testimony, and he assured them that he did not uh, have anything to worry about. Um, when you look at that list—and we can put it back up— um, Michael Flynn has already, it passed been um, convicted of lying to the FBI, so we know that he's got a, a certain history— um, and Lindsey Graham, again, said that he testified truthfully. Mark Meadows is an interesting case because he would seem to be somebody who was very knowledgeable about the whole plot. When you see that list and you hear that somebody might have lied to a grand jury, um, your thoughts?
3: Hit the nail right on the head with the last name that you mentioned, which was Mark Meadows. I've been saying for a very long time that he is the linchpin, in my opinion, both at a state and federal level to tying a number of different crimes to Donald Trump in terms of his actions, because other than Mike Pence, Mark Meadows was probably the most closest to Donald Trump the entire time. And so I found it peculiar that the DOJ has now finally subpoenaed him and they're bringing him in. And I also think that if he did make any missteps with respect to his testimony in front of the Fulton County grand jury, that could be disastrous for Donald Trump. So for me, I'm obviously paying a lot of attention to Mark Meadows because of the high level of implications there. And then Lindsey Graham as well, because with him being a sitting United States senator, I know that he tried to toe a line with respect to speech debate. But I'm sure that the prosecutors who were asking him questions in front of the grand jury were able to move around that. And so I'm very curious as to see whether he is now ensnared himself into some bigger entanglement, given his testimony and anything that he may have said to them, which the jury found to be untruthful. So those two names are the ones that jump out to out of out me as I look at this list.
1: And we're going to come back to you on this because the CNN and the Wall Street Journal are reporting um, that the 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 special count that I'm sorry that the special counsel um, subpoenaed Mark Meadows uh, in late January. Now NBC has not confirmed that, so we'll, we'll come back to that. But that is what CNN uh, and the Wall Street Journal are reporting. I want to come back to you, Tia, and talk a little bit about Fani Willis. Um, you know, she has brought some unusual cases, um, RICO cases, cases against teachers. She's a pretty bold prosecutor. Um, you know. What do you make of the likelihood that she is the kind of prosecutor who would shoot for the king, as they say, um, for Donald Trump? Because, I mean, Donald Trump is at the head of this conspiracy. He um, reportedly even, you know, solicited research that he received the results of in December Um that that confirmed for him that there was no fraud sufficient to overturn the elections in multiple states, including Georgia. We know that that is now true because of the Jack Smith investigation. And then in January, after receiving that research that included Georgia, he still gets on that call on January 2nd and asks for those 11,000-some-odd votes. Is Fonnie Willis um, the kind of um, prosecutor, just based on your reporting, who would take that kind of a case? Or are we looking at Cases for perjury here and not necessarily cases that involve Trump himself.
2: Well, okay, so you make a good point. Georgia's RICO laws have been applied in ways that uh, go kind of far farther outside just the people who are implicated in the actual doing of the crime. It's more of a conspiracy. And it was used years ago, predating even District Attorney Willis on the big Atlanta public school scandal. It's been used more recently by Bonnie Willis to prosecute um, a rap conglomerate that she alleges is a gang, um, and and there are implications. There are, at least is the framing for potentially using those state RICO charges in this election investigation. Now you're asking, will it go all the way to the head former President Trump? Well, we do know that Trump and his allies continue to say that there was widespread fraud in Georgia's election in 2020, even after they were repeatedly told by their own investigators, as you've noted, their own attorneys, his own advisors, that that was not the case. Now, we don't know if Bonnie Willis is going to decide that Trump should be charged. We just don't know yet. Um, That's what she's doing now is deciding who to charge and what to charge them with. And she's going to bring that to the general grand jury. Now, what we believe is that report from the special grand jury that suggested charges we believe it does suggest people in charges beyond perjury. Again, we don't know that for sure because that's not the portion that was released today. But the expectation is the special grand jury did suggest other types of charges related more directly to the attempts to overturn the election in Georgia. We don't know if Trump is among those that the special grand jury has suggested charging, but we do, we do believe that there could be other folks that could be charged related to those efforts.
1: Right. And, you know, Charles, and the reason, you know, I think for some skepticism as to whether it has to be—it has to include Trump, is you see a case like a Matt Gates, you know, where he allegedly traffics a teenager. His bestie goes to prison for involvement in some of the same uh, behavior, and yet there has been a decision not to prosecute him because they're claiming that the victims in this case, these very teenagers— are not credible witnesses. And so, you're seeing people escape from things in which it seems that they are culpable. You could go back to the Michael Cohen paying Stormy Daniels for Trump, and yet it is Michael Cohen who goes to prison. So, I think when you look at cases like that, I think that is the reason for some skepticism that some folks might have, that even a Fonny Willis um, or even a Jack Smith may not go there with Trump himself.
3: Well, Joy, I would double down on that and say that in the case of Matt Gates, what we're also talking about is the politicization of justice. We already know about the 2 tier justice system in America, and you sort of alluded to that in your last comments. But when you're talking about Matt Gates, particularly in the decision from the DOJ whether to charge him, you have to consider also the politically charged environment in which Matt Gates is almost as part of a nucleus, or at least one of the protons sort of circulate, circulating in that nucleus around that atom. And what I mean by that is... We have seen and heard the rhetoric around the, the the weaponization of the DOJ. And so I think Merrick Garland, even though he is a prosecutor, even though he is the attorney general, is mindful of how that can look. And so when you're talking about these situations, it's not necessarily what you did. It's what you know you can prove. And I think right. in this environment, he understands that prosecuting Matt Gates without the certainty of a conviction could be disastrous for a whole lot of people politically.
1: Yeah. And I mean, and I guess the question again goes go back to you, Tia, about Fonnie Willis, because at the end of the day, she is also a political figure. Um, and what is the climate that is around this decision in, that she says is imminent uh, in the state of Georgia right now?
2: Right. And that's the thing. We already see the eyes of the nation are on Georgia, even today with the excerpts released. So there's a lot of pressure on her. There's a lot of pressure on her as a political figure, as a you know, as one of the few district attorneys in a, a, a black district attorney in a major metropolitan area, I think mm-hmm. you get it right. I think that's why she's going slow on deciding who to bring charges against and what charges she wants to kind of make sure she can withstand the public scrutiny. And again, um, to get convictions is her goal. She wants to bring the strongest cases possible to the grand jury and to trial if it gets to that. So she's weighing mm-hmm. a lot of things. Uh, in addition to the evidence, um, what can she get convictions for? I believe it's yeah. her North Star. And yeah. we're going to find out, you know, in days or months who she thinks she should charge. Uh, we shall see.
1: if you all noticed, uh, John Eastman's name not being on that list of people who appeared before the grand jury. He did appear before, but he pleaded the fifth multiple times, which is why uh, he did not ultimately testify. That's why his name's on there. the guy who wrote the coup memo. Uh, Charles Coleman and Tia Mitchell, thank you both very much. Up next on the readout, the head of the EPA vows to hold Norfolk Southern accountable for the toxic derailment in Ohio as emotions spill over at a town hall meeting of concerned citizens. Senator Sherrod Brown, who has made that
0: and protect and expand access to abortion care. Visit PlannedParenthood.org future. That's PlannedParenthood.org future. This morning, if you can believe it,
1: there was yet another train derailment, this one outside of Detroit. Our NBC News affiliate there is reporting that no hazardous materials were spilled in the crash and there were no injuries. But the train is notably from Norfolk Southern the same company as the train carrying toxic chemicals that derailed and caught fire in East Palestine, Ohio, nearly two weeks ago. It comes as the fear and frustration in that Ohio community is growing. Officials there are trying to reassure residents that the air and water is safe, despite several people saying they feel ill, eyes burning, headaches, rashes, nausea, smelling a pungent odor, and finding dead fish in the waterways. Last night, hundreds of residents gathered for a town hall to voice their concerns.
2: Find it very hard to believe that there is no particulate matter in the air that can
0: cause us harm after
2: practically
1: an atom bomb was released
0: over our small community. Why are people
4: getting sick There's nothing in the air or in the water? How should us kids feel safe with the snow on
0: our street?
1: A lot of valid questions, but they didn't get many answers, considering that Norfolk Southern backed out of the town hall, citing, and I kid you not, Safety concerns. Joining me now is Ohio Senator Sherrod Brown, who was in East Palestine today. Uh, and Senator, thank you so much for being here. I, I-, I feel like. Um Uh, I'm having flashbacks right now to Flint, Michigan. Um, And I remember that, too. It was a man-made disaster caused by the then Republican governor of that state um, who switched the water supply in Flint, and suddenly the water was poisoned, and people were reporting the water was toxic, you couldn't shower in it, it was making you sick. And that was, again, a a, a sort of quest for answers. Um, The fact that that's happening again, it's another man-made disaster— I wonder if you feel that the people in Palestine, Ohio, have gotten sufficient answers from the company that caused this disaster.
5: Well, of course, they have not, Ms. Reid. I joined um, Biden administration's EPA administrator Michael Regan in town today. A uh, number of House members of both parties were there um, and we're, were asking for these answers. Uh, the, uh, we, are, we are saying to people, don't go back into your homes unless you've had a test. Uh, to make sure the water and the air are safe. The mayor, I spoke with with Mayor Conaway and Police Chief Drabeck, they are working their hearts out into town, smaller than 5,000 people. So when they took these jobs, they hardly figured this. But uh, Norfolk Southern is a huge profitable company engaging in major stock buybacks, paid big dividends. In fact, the stock buybacks and the dividends exceeded the amount of money they've invested in safety, uh, rails and rail cars, uh, in the last number of years. so they they are responsible. One of the things that we agreed just across the board is they should pay for all the testing should be done independently. They should pay. they should pay uh, for Ms Ferguson, we were at her home, a woman who's who's been forced to flee her house. she's paying for a hotel. Um, she doesn't have a lot of money. We talked with her at some length today. They should pay her hotel bills. they should pay for the cleanup. Uh, they say they will. We're going to hold them to that. Um, as the testing goes forward and people begin to feel safer, a little bit safer to return to their homes.
1: Uh, the governor, uh, Governor Mike DeWine, um, let me just play you what he said about whether people can drink the water in Palestine. Okay. Governor, if you were to live in the area, would you feel comfortable moving back into
6: your home? Well, let me
5: take the first part. <laughs> Look, look I, I think that I would be drinking the bottled water um, and I would be continuing to, uh, um, to find out what the tests were showing as far as the air. Um, I would be alert and, and concerned.
1: I mean, he's giving Governor Snyder. He's giving Tate Reeves of Mississippi, where the Jackson, the, the, the capital, also can't drink the water. I mean, I, I, how much of the responsibility here lies on the governor, and how much is a federal responsibility for creating that accountability for this company?
5: Well, it's very joint. I mean, EPA Administrator uh, Regan from from Washington came, flew out to Pittsburgh today, as I did, uh, and uh, the the new EPA director in Columbus, Ann Vogel. Um, was there. Uh, Both have taken major responsibility. They now agree the water is safe in the water system, as as Mayor Conaway has said. But they also said before anybody goes back into their home, they should get their their water and their air tested and their soil tested. Uh, So far, about 500 people have done that. Again, it's up to the to the um, to the company, Norfolk Southern, to pay for those tests and to do whatever cleanups necessary. But there there still is skepticism. There's skepticism about government always uh, earned and unearned. And there's skepticism about this company that that pledges, you know, a couple million dollars, but it's going to be tens of millions of dollars in the end. And one other thing, there is some rumor. And we don't know if this is true, but we're warning people of it that if you accept a thousand or two thousand dollar check for Norfolk Southern from Norfolk Southern, that that you have to sign some kind of waiver. We have said with absolute certainty and absolute emphasis that no one should sign something signing their legal rights away because this company knows they are liable for a whole lot of things. And I want that I want that legal remedy preserved for sure. Uh, Norfolk
1: Southern had a second derailment um, it, it, that happened earlier today. We had to, we, we just reported at the top of this uh, segment, and and one of the things that we know government can do is regulate companies like these. And the Trump administration rolled back Obama era regulations, and we don't know that this was the cause, but it required these new pneumatic brakes. These companies to maintain their uh, fleets in 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 you know sort of. Better condition, more up-to-date condition. That was rolled back. The Biden administration has not reinstituted those regulations. Do you think those regulations should be reinstated?
5: Yeah, I do. I, I think. I mean, you you know, Ms. Reed, what happened when the Trump administration took power? Um, they their their lobbyist friends came forward. They put a whole bunch of regulations on the table: consumer protections, labor labor worker protections protections um, for workplace safety, uh, protections on across the environment, all across the board. And the Trump administration began to dismantle a number of those and his defeat in November of 2020 cut short some of those. But we need to look at all of those. It appears that's what happened here. I want to know more from the NTSB. Um, but they need to look at all of these rules and regulations so that so that this company begins to invest in what it should be doing. And that is preserving that is workers and public safety. Uh Norfolk Southern, there was also a derailment a derailment early this year in Sandusky, Ohio, a city between Cleveland and Toledo on Lake Erie. They haven't totally cleaned that up yet. This company is laid off. Thousands of workers over the last two or three years. So they lay off workers. They you wonder if the inspections are done well enough. You wonder if the safety rules are followed. And the Biden administration has responsibility to look all across the board as the Trump as the Trump administration did to weaken them on behalf of their lobbyist friends. And the Biden administration, working with allies like me in Congress, need to look at all those worker, environment, and consumer safety issues that really matter to the public.
1: Yeah, indeed. If you're pushing workers to the brink um, with not enough hours and not enough pay and cutting their pay uh, while also skirting regulations, it doesn't sound like it's a recipe for anything good. Uh, Sending all best wishes to the folks in Palestine. And thank you, Senator Sherrod Brown. Much appreciated. Thank you. you. And still ahead, why bother legislating at all on important issues when you can just focus on banning books and shipping migrants out of state and snagging photo ops at the border? Oh, yeah, right. Because they're Republican politicians. Yeah, my bad. We'll be right back. Well, when you can't govern, just rely on publicity stunts. That is the mantra, presumably, of the presently very unserious Republican Party. And today, the nominal House Speaker, Kevin McCarthy, got in a photo op of his own with a highly produced video of his jaunt to the southern border in Arizona with a delegation of Republican freshmen. Not to be outdone, Kevin's supervisor in Congress, Marjorie Taylor Greene, has teamed up with none other than George Santos, as co-sponsor of a bill that could be used to ban books by LGBTQ authors in schools nationwide. They're all taking a page out of the Ron DeSantis playbook as he continues his own demagoguing photo ops to entertain MAGA voters, signing a bill allowing him to ship migrants across the country using Florida taxpayer money. But DeSantis is much more private about a behind-the-scenes effort that is frighteningly serious. Last month, the Tampa Bay Times reported that he is appearing in radio ads in Idaho, of all places, calling to invoke Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution to call for a convention to amend the Constitution. DeSantis's stated goal is to get in an amendment imposing congressional term limits. But as Puck News notes, even this position has allowed fringe conservatives to dream of a day when they can use their control of state legislatures to fix all sorts of perceived federalist ills. Joining me now is David Jolly, former Republican congressman and MSNBC political analyst. And David, this is one of my uh, things that I have obsessed about over the years, um, because— there has been a long-standing conservative uh, Republican wish to get in and tinker with the Constitution to do things like to impose a balanced budget amendment, which would trigger dramatic, draconian cuts across the board um, to everything from Social Security, Medicare to you know food stamps. And it would be automatic like it is in some states. And to do other things. Now that we know they like to ban books, we know that they like to ban critical race theory. They could do all of that in the Constitution if they got their way. The fact that DeSantis is quietly doing this and not publicizing it, your thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, Article 5 is one of those kind of flunky civic lessons we skip over, but it is the ultimate Uh, measure in federalism. And in today's society, it's the ultimate buzzwords towards the radicals and insurrectionists who believe that the federal government should be toppled, that their power is illegitimate or that somehow they have used it for illegitimate purposes. And so what Ron DeSantis has embraced is this notion that allow a collection of states to frankly take over the authority and the constitutional prerogatives of the U.S. Constitution, but also the Congress. It is clunky. It is not something he will necessarily run on, but, Joy, I promise you it is a buzzword to the fringe right-wing groups within today's Republican Party.
1: Well, it's a reminder that he's a member of the Tea Party movement, right? He came in with the Tea Party and he was a backbench Tea Partier, but he 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 tracks with the things that they believe. He's right now polling just behind Donald Trump in the latest Quinnipiac poll. So there's a there's a hunger for him. He's a certain kind of mean that they like. They like the fact that he's going after Black history and you know attacking Black people is sort of the easiest way to sort of get on the get on first base, you know, with the MAGA faithful, which we knew Donald Trump did as well. Uh, what do you make of the fact that he seems to be putting his whole, put the whole weight? Of of his appeal on attacking black people and brown immigrants and gay people and trans people.
4: Ron DeSantis is tapping into the, the bloodstream of a party that wants to take America back 50 years, and he is refusing to show leadership and suggest let's look towards the next 50. There's no other way to approach this. I mean, often overlooked is that one of the first things he did was eliminate majority minority districts. He set up his mm-hmm. own election police force, and of the 20 people he arrested. 15 or 17, I believe, were African American. He is somebody that now has attacked African American education. He is attacking any type of liberal arts education, as he just did at New College down in the Sarasota area. It is a dangerous move. Donald Trump is uniquely dangerous because he would shred the Constitution. Ron DeSantis is uniquely dangerous on cultural issues and his strive, his strive to take the nation back 50 years.
1: And if you don't think that a a constitutional amendment banning abortion would be part of it, I mean, it's all of the fever dreams that they can't enact— through, uh, the electorate because people don't want any of these things. So they're thinking, we'll just impose it in the Constitution. I do want to talk about the unserious nature because there's a, there's a, there's a part of it in which, you know, Kevin McCarthy and Marjorie Green are ridiculous, right? They're sort of funny George Santos. It's easy to laugh at him, but some of it's funny, haha, and some of it's funny, frightening because what they're doing with all yeah. of these memes and shtick is they're kind of softening up the electorate for some really bizarre things that they want to do, banning lgbtq books nationwide that's big big government
4: yeah it would be funny if it wasn't so dangerous because they are in power and they might have even more power in 2024 look on on immigration this is a party whose most recent achievement was to separate innocent children from their parents many of those kids never to be reunited again and that is actually a policy they would likely pursue on this banning books issue. And I've got to say, it's, it's not just Marjorie Taylor Greene and George Santos. It is Ron DeSantis and other governments. Let's yeah. break down the absurdity. And I honestly think you got to attack the absurdity of it. First and foremost, this is a group of people that believe reading a book can make you gay. Think about <laughs> it. That, that's their biggest concern. If you read a book, you might decide you're gay. Secondly, yeah. qualitatively, their assessment is that if you're LGBTQ, that somehow that's wrong that you're not allowed to be, that somehow that's an offense to society. And then here's the other buzzword you hear. This is what they wrap it in. And I think this has to be attacked head on, Joy. They say that parents and kids are under attack. You heard it from Sarah Sanders in the response to Joe Biden. You hear it from DeSantis. You hear it from Marjorie Taylor Greene. Parents and children are under attack. No, they are not. Kids are being exposed to diversity for the first time in modern America. And that's a good thing. And for people who say, Ron DeSantis, Marjorie Taylor Greene and others, that somehow society has this outsized influence on their kids. Maybe they need to focus on their parenting and not on society. Think about that. They they, They believe that their parenting skills are being overshadowed by society. Focus on what starts at home. Let society provide the diversity that enriches culture and enriches your children.
1: And the thing that's ironic about all of this, uh, David, is that they think the solution to what they see as societal ills is big, big government. It's the governor of Florida telling you specifically what books you can read. It's the government deciding specifically what teachers can teach. It's literal government thought control. And that's what they accuse the left of. But they're the ones saying, no, no, no. Don't worry about it, parents. We got this. We'll put the books into the hands of your children. Wipe them off of the librarian's shelves. We're the librarian now. That's pretty ironic. Uh, David Jolly, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers. Up next, comedians Leslie Jones and Lenny Marcus are here to share their takes on some of today's top stories, because you cannot laugh and be afraid at the same time. (laughs) Back in a sec. Well, we just got back from Tallahassee, Florida, where we spoke to people on the ground who are fighting back against Governor Ron DeSantis' war on black history. As we often say on this show, this isn't a Florida problem, it's a fascism problem, which could easily sweep nationwide, especially if the man who our own Reverend Sharpton calls baby Trump were to ever become president. Meanwhile, in Virginia, Republican men want police to be able to search the period tracking apps used by women and girls ostensibly to snoop for evidence of obtaining an abortion. While in Kentucky, a proposed bill aims to prosecute women for criminal homicide if they get an abortion in the state where it is illegal after six weeks of pregnancy when most women do not even know that they are pregnant under his eye. Yeah, it's a lot. Joining me now to break it all down are Leslie Jones and Lenny Marcus, comedians and co-hosts of a podcast that I cannot say on air <laughs> without getting into trouble. Um, We're going to call it the peccacery. Um... Yeah, we I took, took out, out the balance for the kids. After, yeah, <laughs> we took out for the, the children. You know, you, sometimes you got to be able to take a punch for the children. Yeah, you know what I mean. So let's start with you, Ms. Leslie. I, I, I wonder, just being a comedian, and congratulations, you did such a great job on the Daily Show. In this Thank era you. where women are so under attack that literally people are deleting their period apps because in states like Virginia they want to be able to subpoena them.
6: I I I'm I cannot believe I was telling I keep telling Lenny all the time. I think we are in the matrix and we haven't <laughs> been updated yet. You know how your computer keeps getting updated? Uh-huh. We, we haven't been updated. I can't believe we are even here anymore. I mean I can't believe that people used to actually use period tracking apps cuz what? Like like I I I just I don't I I, I keep telling Lenny Stuff is so obvious right in yeah. front of us. Why are we not paying attention? Like, why are we not paying attention? These are obvious steps on to something more terrible. Well, yeah. I, I, it's yeah. just right in front of
7: us. He thinks we're what? in handmaid's tale, and she might be right.
1: <laughs> I mean, we yeah. I might, mean, but Lenny, you, there is, I'm, I'm gonna make you have to speak for for, for, for the bed over here because there seems to be a deep uh, sort of anxiety. Particularly among right wing men, you know, they're constantly talking about we, we want to be the alphas. They have this sort of deep anxiety about women who don't want to get pregnant. They don't want to you know, they don't want to be in the house with them. It feels like these are just dateless men who are like trying to legislate their way into being able to force themselves <laughs> they, to have a wife. Man, you know, is that I what you look at those people that speak, do you
6: look at them? I, every time they come on, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's obvious you feel that way. Y'all all look crazy. So, is it? So, so any other way to get us to make, to have to be, like I saw this thing today that was just like, oh, well, you know, there's like 30% of 30 year olds haven't had sex in a year. Like, what? What? (laughs) So, oh, so that's our fault? That's our fault. So, what you do in reaction to that is take our rights away instead of maybe send them to a dating class? Maybe like. You know, get Chuck Woolery up in here or something? What, what
7: the? <laughs> I don't know who's going to date these guys. I don't know who's going to date these guys. You know, like women are very progressive today. I can't tell my wife anything. You know, she's she'll, so, you know what I mean? She's telling me what to do. You know, like what, how am I going to tell her? Yo, here's how we're going to regulate you and your body. She punched me in the face. Leslie would kill me in public
1: might give but her the, her bail money. Is just what I'm saying. Yeah. Lady. Nothing against you. But I mean I mean, Leslie, I do feel like everything you can I mean, we're laughing about it now, but it does feel like this right. is a time that is kind of unfunny. I mean, DeSantis, we were just in Tallahassee right. yesterday. The stuff he's doing and attacking Black, it's not funny. You can almost laugh at it because it's oh so clumsy, but it is the opposite it's of funny. A, it's
6: Don't obvious. Curse, Leslie. Don't That's
1: curse. What I, ooh, I know. <laughs> I know
6: he, see I, he It's so obvious. Ron is so uh, racist. Like, like I'm, I'm tired of people not being able to deal with that word. I'm tired of it's not politically correct to call somebody exactly what they are. You are racist. If you're cutting out all black stuff, Uh, But you keep the English, you keep French, you keep, uh, you're racist. And what makes me so upset is most of the people in this country don't agree with nothing that's going on. So it's our fault. Because, again, we the people, we sitting around and and complacent and thinking that somebody's going to fix it for us. Nobody's going to fix it. And let me tell you something about those people. They don't care if you don't like them. Yeah. They don't care how many reports you do on them. They don't care about your marches. They don't care about none of that. Because you know what? None of that changes anything. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to say, oh, the, you know, you shouldn't say what you have to say or do it. I'm saying let's start doing effective stuff. Instead, because all they do, and Trump, Trump is the one who came in and showed people that. Hey, I can do whatever I want. They're not going to do anything but go. Oh, he can't do that. You can't do that. That's what we're doing. But I wonder. Do do something. We could. By the way, Leslie will be performing.
7: Leslie will be performing in Florida on May tenth and eleventh. I think we're
6: down. Please show up. I'm coming. coming.
7: I
1: swear. (laughs) I'm coming. coming.
6: She wants those
7: people to come. She thinks she can change minds. So you know. Bring it on. Well, She's not afraid. No, let, of me,
1: let me ask you this question. Lenny. You seem like a nice guy, but it feels like the key to making it on the Republican side is the meaner, the better. And I never thought yes. that people like that in politics. People like the person you can have a beer with. These guys are the person who like they will pour beer on you. And then the right goes, that's my guy.
7: Well, you know, that's. Think about it.
6: Think, of, think about it, though, Joy. Think about you could post something really joyful and get a response. But every time you post something negative or something yeah, bad going on in your life, that's what we react to. That is yeah. it. That's us. That's yeah. us asking for that. You
7: yeah. know, we just yeah, most start, of the like, people.
6: I, like I said, go ahead.
7: <laughs> the most of the people, Leslie, we we know are like in the middle. Right. But yeah. when you go to the wings, it gets crazy. And, you know, it just. People like to fight now. It's a, it's all about a fight, and the the left side tries to take the high road. You know, we go high when they go low, and I don't think that's working anymore. Leslie and I talk about this all the time. Like, I don't think that works. You can't bring a, a Leslie like to say you can't bring a cake to a knife fight, <laughs> which not quite the right thing, but I'll take it. It's
6: <laughs> yeah, like you bring you know, it's it's like you literally bringing a cake to a gunfight. Yeah. seriously, because that's all they got literally. is guns.
1: Like, literally, that, literally. I mean,
6: Think about I think about our country then got to a point to where we do not care about our kids no more. Yeah. And 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 you're not telling me all this stuff that you're doing, Mr. Politicians, oh, this is just to get control, this is so we can have a future for our children. You're 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 turning them into to robots.
1: Yeah. Well, I well, This is the point at which the show turns into a hostage situation, because I'm going to ask both of you to stay right there while we go and pay for a little bit of this. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when these wonderful folks come back, the truth is out there and it could be hilarious. That's called a tease. We'll be right back. (laughs) America's UFO mania has been captured in countless films like the classic Close Encounters of the Third Kind. But sometimes it invades our real-life political discourse. The anti-Biden right has sunk its tentacles into new conspiracy theories that the president is lying about recent aerial objects shot down over North America or that he ordered a Chinese spy balloon to be shot down too quickly and also not quickly enough. So we got to thinking, why couldn't the Jewish space lasers just take out the balloon? Back with me are Leslie Jones and Lenny Marcus, co hosts of a brand-new podcast (laughs) whose jaunty title you'll see right there on your screen. I will not name it. Um... Let's go to you guys. Let he, I'll go to you first. What do you think? I mean, Biden said it's not aliens. He said there's no aliens, no evidence of them. People are scared and upset. But he's like, no aliens. So what do you we think? Love,
7: we love aliens. We we only have like 10,000 telescopes up there that can see like 84 galaxies away. But we can't, you know, it's right there. The thing in the sky, we have no idea what it is. You know what I mean? It's a little ridiculous. How? how stupid and what's in are it? Are we, I want to know but what's I, in uh, it.
6: You. What's in how it? Stupid are we though? Like, how stupid? Anything, like, I didn't it used to be a point to where if you get into some type of airspace with like these these jets show up and go, excuse me, please take the time. Over we're <laughs> going to blow you up. That, it's a balloon,
1: people. <laughs> like, we're we not that stupid.
7: Well, we some of
1: us, some of us are, are that stupid. Can we show Marjorie Taylor Green carrying the balloon? Do we have the picture? Oh. Th- this my God. lady. This is what she did. This was her response to the balloon, Leslie. What? Come on now. What was? What does she's, that even well, mean? I mean, she. She. I mean, she is like the character
6: from Steph, uh, Stephen King's It, so it's appropriate <laughs> that she's carrying that balloon. She's a damn clown. She's a. Damn got one of us.
7: <laughs> There's an alien there, Joy. Open it up. I want to see what's she's in there.
1: She's an alien. It's an egg. Oh, maybe
7: it's an egg.
1: Actually, I hadn't thought about uh, that. But my uh, question I is. Wish it would have-
6: Oh, she's send them such back,
7: an idiot! Send them back! <laughs> send balloon yeah, back it, to it, China.
6: It, 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 we found out that it's it's a it's it's a China a China balloon Chinese balloon. But just shoot it down!
7: <laughs> no, send it, fill it, refill it with American stuff, and send it back, like oh, Skittles or stuff that you Skittles,
6: some Cheetos. Yep. that's what yep. I'm
1: talking about. And then we make friends that way. M&M's make friends. Fill it with M&M's, send it back, yeah. and then we're all cool with each other. I agree right love on, this. right on the balloon. But, but right, the sexy M&Ms, M&M's, though,
6: Joy, <laughs> the ones that Tucker hates. All of the M&M's the that Tucker The green ones. Hate.
1: Just yeah. the green M&M's only. Can that's you imagine? Good. They were mad because the green M&M's not sexy. This might be, that, be their problem dating. That, that they want to date
6: a green m M&M. and no, Joy, this is the main reason I say that people need to go to therapy. You yeah. need therapy. This yeah. is You need Joy, help.
7: Yeah. The green M&M's are sluts. You know this. I mean, come <laughs> on. It's <laughs> obvious. Everybody knows it.
1: No, no, like, <laughs> See, I said you were the nice one. I said you were a nice guy, man. Don't be like be besmirching the green m and no. M. She just trying to do her thing in her sneakers. So and ridiculous. she her feet was hurted. <laughs> why are you trying to have sex with an Eminem?
6: What's this wrong what with I'm you? Saying. Therapy. And,
1: <laughs> now I need therapy. Just thinking about them trying to date a little green Eminem. That thing is this big in real life. A little Eminem. She talk to them. Do you think that girl would actually date Tucker? <laughs> that, that green Eminem, that's why he's mad because she wouldn't date him. What's gonna
7: happen I, if you ever have to say Leslie Jones and MMM. Letty Marcus?
1: I'm definitely listening to this podcast. I cannot wait to listen to it. I'm coming to see you. When you are in Miami, I'm gonna be in Miami. Um, thank you guys very yes! much. I appreciate you. All right, check out the latest episode of the podcast with guest Roy Wood Jr., also hilarious. Wherever you get your podcast. Leslie's current tour, Leslie Jones Live is also happening right now until June with Letty as her opening act. Oh, I will definitely be seeing that. Okay, that is tonight's readout. We love them.